What's up, everybody? You're listening to the One Week Rental Podcast with your host, Ash and Stacks. Uh, this week, we ran into some technical difficulties with the show, so we had to record it again. So the second time, we kind of rushed through it. So uh, we apologize if there's any thing that we skipped over or glossed over and if the episode sounds a little too rushed we apologize um but we hope you enjoy the show this week we watched the 1999 hit the matrix and spoiler alert we loved it i know kung fu show me it's the fucking best line of the movie. It is so legit when he gets when he says "show me," I was like, "Oh fucking, let's go!" Yeah, this movie is freaking like so quotable. Everything's great about this movie. Uh, oh my god! Well, okay, okay, wait, wait. I won't get ahead of myself. I know I'm about to jump into it. Yep, yep. Don't don't but, get into the don't get into the impressions okay. yet. We got to talk about what we watched this week first. All right, bud. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Slow it down. Slow it down. Uh, so, stacks. Definitely not doing this for the second time because our other recording uh, plan didn't work out, and we're definitely not. <laughs> we're definitely not recording everything for the second time. Um, what did you watch this week? Let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. I- I'm telepathic. Um, okay. Chucky finale. I did. I watched the Chucky finale. Uh-huh. Great show. Um, are we going to do another podcast about that? Something that comes out in the middle of the week that people can listen to your thoughts about Chucky? Oh my God. And it's like, you know exactly what I'm going to say. Now wait, I'm getting something else. I'm getting something else telepathically. Did okay. you watch something that sounds a little bit like garbage? Maybe with Kevin Hart and maybe with Wesley Snipes in a very serious show? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so... This week, I watched a show called um, True Story on Netflix, starring Kevin Hart and uh, Wesley Snipes. Definitely not trash, okay? So okay. I'm just going to disregard that you even said that. And move What's it about it. again? So it is about um, Kevin Hart plays a comedian. Kevin Hart, the comedian, plays a comedian. I like that he has to pretend to be a comedian. <laughs> yeah, so he plays a comedian in this TV show. I can't see and it. He... Uh, he just had a big movie release. Um, it's on the same level as like a Marvel movie, and it's just making buku bucks. You know, a huge success blockbuster movie. And so his brother, so he goes to his hometown. He goes to his hometown uh, to celebrate. He meets up with his brother, played by Wesley Snipes. He, um, his brother, convinces him to like, hey. Let's have a drink. Let's party, you know, and Kevin Hart has a drinking problem and it comes back to bite him in the ass because the next morning he wakes up and there's a dead girl beside him in the bed. Um, And she overdosed. He has no memory of what happened, uh, how she died or anything the last night. Um, And him and his brother have to get rid of this body and the show's about them trying to keep this secret and cover their tracks and all the while like they're trying to work all this stuff out trying to cover tracks and figure out what they're going to do with this body and this body and all this other stuff and you know and he's also has uh shows he has to go do and stand-up sets he has to go do and 
and meet and greets and you know make a wish things and he has all this stuff he has to do meanwhile in the in his head he's trying to figure out what am i going to do because if this comes out it's going to be the end of my career and so the so essentially the show is about um him and his brother trying to cover up this death and save his career prevent his career from ending after he just got on top of the world and it's a really good show it's a limited series it's on netflix it's only like eight episodes i'm only five episodes in i only have five six episodes in i only have a couple left and i love this show i mean i'm not gonna say i love it but it's good so far right now um wesley snipes kills it i mean he doesn't he's not wesley sniping it up I mean, he kind of is, but not really. And Kevin Hart in this movie, he's playing it serious. Um, he's showing that he doesn't have to be a comedic actor all the time, and which is pretty good. And I know he's, I know he's done that before, but this one is just like straight up, like, like I'm taking this kind of seriously, not too serious, like where like he's trying to win an Os- uh, Emmy or anything like. Not Emmy, which is the TV show? Is that an Oscar? Emmys. That's the Emmy. Yeah, he's not trying to win an Emmy. You know, he's not trying to Emmy act this show, but it's really good. Um, and I like it. You know, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see if uh, we'll see if Kevin Hart can convince me that he's not funny. It's uh, <laughs> hard to do. <laughs> um, well, that's all sounds um, like shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The Chucky thing might not be for me. I'm going to listen to your, your review about it. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if I want to, if I want to give it a go, but, um, and then the, the Kevin Hart, Wesley Snipes thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. At least I, I like Wesley Snipes, big Wesley Snipes fan. So maybe, maybe I'll try it out. Um, yeah. as for me this week, I watched, uh, I finished arcane fucking amazing. Go watch arcane arcane. I have no interest in league of legends. Never played the game. Don't know hardly any of the characters. Um, I like Jinx, uh, and I've only I've seen cosplays of her, and I've seen her on like the cover art. I, if it's can even be considered cover art, whatever whatever we want to call it these days. Like I feel like for Overwatch, it's Tracer. For League of Legends, it's Jinx. That's the character that they put out there uh, to kind of get you interested. Um, so uh, Arcane is really good. It kind of goes over the origins of. Jinx and her older sister Vi. I learned all about Piltover and characters like Jace and I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know where any of that plugs into the actual like game where people might have a greater appreciation because they play the game. But I loved it just as a standalone show and honestly I like what um I like what they're doing. I think that I I will grow to look at League of Legends as it started with the MOBA. Now they have like a turn-based like RPG game that's out that I was kind of taking a look at. I don't love I don't love MOBAs and I don't love turn-based RPGs. So neither of those kind of strike my fancy. They are going to have a League of Legends fighting game come out. Um, and I mean, if they ever, I, I think they've also announced a League of Legends MMO. So it may just be that there's no good entry point for me right now. But the show has definitely got me interested in the universe. And if those the fighting game or the mmo are cool i might hop on those so um go give arcane a chance if even if you don't like uh, league of legends i think that it's it's a really good show and it's definitely worth watching um and then yeah. outside of arcane i watched uh i started jojo's bizarre adventure i'm like three episodes in it's super 
bizarre. Um, but it does take place in like 1800s England, which is a a vibe that I like. Why am I getting booed? You, you do not get to do that. You do not. It's pretty bizarre. No, you don't get to do that. Oh, okay. Uh, I do not allow such things. Why are you booing me? I'm right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's. I, I think it's cool. It's. Uh, I, I like I said, I'm th- three episodes in. Can't really. Uh, can't really give too much a review of it or or too many impressions even. But um, it's cool. I like it so far. I'll tell you more yeah. about it next week. Yeah, I started it. I only made it a few episodes in. Um, I won't tell you where I stopped so that it's not spoilery. But it was just at a certain point, it just I just kind of lost interest. Um, so I guess I have to go back because each season is a different era, right? Yeah, and it's like different main characters. And yeah, it hops around. Awesome. I guess I'll give it another shot one of these days. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, with that, I feel like we're excited to talk about Matrix, so we can be done with the uh, what did we watch this uh, week, and let's get into our impressions. Now, these don't have to be totally spoiler free. I feel like enough people have seen Matrix that uh, I just yeah. wanted I just want to know what you thought, and then I have a question for you at the end. Um, so I'll, I'll start if you don't mind. Um, Go for it. This movie kicks ass. Like this movie is dope, and it holds up well. Um, even like the CG stuff, I think some people might have a tendency to say like, oh, this movie's, you know, grainy. It doesn't look sharp enough. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. All right. So let's go inside baseball for a second. On the first recording, I said that I didn't like how, um, it looked, it looked kind of low res. I, I would have preferred it would have been if they would have did like an, HD remaster or something on this. I mean, a 4K remaster. Um, and then again, it might have been just because I watched it on my PC. I don't know. Um, but I just felt like it just looked, it didn't look how I thought it would be. There's There are movies that are older than this movie that they have 4K versions of and they look freaking gorgeous. The, the, the biggest one is Terminator 2. If you haven't seen that, 4k version of terminator 2 please go watch it it looks beautiful and so it's just this movie visually it it all the effects and stuff i mean the the smaller detail stuff and all that like the practical effects all that stuff still looks great it's just that i just wish this movie was in hd i mean it is an hd but i wish it was a 9k and i wish they would have you know redid it yeah, no, I I think that the graininess added something for me. Like I think I and we were talking about it in our previous recording uh, that it will never see the light of day. Um, but I I think that I don't know if the graininess is a hardware thing or if it's a stylistic thing because a lot of that is like low light and it could be like a film grain kind of stylistic choice. Um, but it's it's it added something like I, I immediately was like, this movie has got a really cool aesthetic to it. And the aesthetic of this movie runs so deep. Like, I mean, with this kind of like industrial metal or like, um, the kind of like cyberpunk vibe that they got. Yeah. Like with all of the like vinyl and the leather and the, the outfits that they're wearing, the, the music, it's just got like such a vibe that it, that it, it nails so perfectly through and through that I love. Um, 
And this movie's just like light years ahead in its concepts. I feel like this this movie coming out in 1999, uh, talking about like basically like simulation theory and being inside of a computer generated world and things like that, like this feels like so far advanced for for the time that it came out. And I um, I really 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 dig it, and I appreciated it so much more this watching of it than I did in past. Uh, like when I, I when I saw it as a kid, I definitely didn't appreciate it uh, this much. And even when I watched it ten years or so ago, I don't think I had a full appreciation for it. Um, but this time, I was so enthralled in the concepts that they were talking about, um, and I was just so impressed with what they were doing. This movie just kicks ass, like through and through. Yeah, I, yeah, I, the, I don't like the outfits in this movie. I mean, I like, I kind of like the Smiths. I have a, I like when movies do like bad guys <laughs> and suit and ties. So I kind of like that. <laughs> you talk, you're talking about Morrissey and Johnny Marr or what are we, what are we talking here? What do you mean? What, oh what my are God. Those things? Oh my I don't God. know what they are. <laughs> the, the Smiths is a, a very melancholy band from, uh, from England and it's the lead singers Morrissey and Johnny Marr was the, the oh, guitarist. Oh boy. But Am when I you talk you again, I I, when, like you, <laughs> when you said the Smith, that's all I could think of. But you're talking about Agent Smith, and uh, I think oh, yeah. they they all have names like Agent Brown and stuff. But but you're talking yeah. about the the agents, yeah. Yeah, the agents. Sorry, they're they're all Agent Smith to me. <laughs> okay, because you know when I was a child, I actually thought like as a dumb child, I thought these were all I thought they were all the same person. Really, they kind of look. They kind of looked all the same. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Morpheus says, you all look the same to me, which I think was a, was a funny line. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, continue continue with your, your impressions. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't like the outfits. Um, I don't think, uh, I mean, I don't like the leather. It just, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like steampunk. I don't like cyberpunk. I don't like none of that. <laughs> I don't like these over leathered things, you know? Um, and it just kind of looks goofy and it looks, and even in the time that it was made, it still looks goofy. Yeah. And, and like, now I just think of when I see people dress like that, I always think of like, you know, Ugh, hackers and I'm in, I'm, I'm in, <laughs> you know, click, yeah. click, 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 I'm in, you know, and it's just like, I don't like it. And I don't know if it's the matrix that made me not like this whole, that whole, like, leather it up aesthetic but i just don't i didn't like the outfits the um, matrix the, the matrix is fucking cool it's it's the kind of thing of like the matrix was, is so cool and so iconic that it spawned a bunch of satire and a lot of like like i don't know if we even called them memes at the time but it it, it is so iconic that it's it's satired a lot and that and that becomes part of what you think about so like when you talk about the guys in the, like the leather trench coat for some reason the first time neo shows up in like a trench coat um particularly when they're in the lobby of the of the building at the end i was um all i could think about was the guy jp from grandma's boy if you've ever seen grandma's boy he's a he's a character that wears like a leather trench coat and he just makes like robot sounds as he's like walking and he's just like yeah. he's just a total fucking nerd and like that's all i could think about when i was watching this and it's i i read in the trivia that like by 2002 or like by two years after this movie came out 
the the dodging bullets had been parodied in like 20 different movies and it's like that's how pervasive yeah this movie was is it it just is pervasive the right word hang on we might have to pause the, i'm gonna pause the recording here because i don't want to <laughs> say something i can't um so i think that this movie is it, it, it's very iconic which is why it was kind of like done to death and why you may have those things entering in now i now i look at the outfits in this and i'm like ooh, edgy kids like i'm like oh you guys are you guys are so edgy oh. and yeah i but i, I think that at the time yeah. this movie was made people didn't have that idea yeah it's kind of like seinfeld either like people who go back and they watch seinfeld now yeah they if they never seen it they don't like it and it's because like everything in seinfeld all the stupid jokes and all the and and the things they did it just got done to death in like various tv shows throughout the years and so it just feels kind of tropey so i'm guessing that's that's probably what i'm feeling with the matrix and these this leather outfit stuff yeah and so that's probably what it is but it's yeah. like i don't know it's but always other- it's always right. funny to watch something. It's always funny to watch something and be like, oh, what a the, the classic trope or to be like, oh, what a stereotype. And it's like, oh, no, no, this is the reason. This movie is why there is that trope. Um, I'm trying to think. There's there's other times that I've thought about that when watching movies. And I, I want to say I thought about it in Ghostbusters at some point, but I can't remember the exact instance of it. But just like there are certain times where something has been done to death and it does become a trope, but you find the thing that kind of started it. And it's like, Oh, this feels tropey, but no, this is the, the origin point for it. Yeah. I, um, I, I brought it up in the uh, biodome when, um, and they were in a car and they were like, did, Oh no, not when they were in a car, when they were in the bio, when they first got in and they were talking to the girls and they were like, did it hurt? Would you <laughs> fell from heaven? So I'm like, did this, did that come from this movie? Did this movie create that? Yeah. So, to which I, to which I said, no way, because there's no <laughs> way this movie did anything original. <laughs> it might have. It might have. Um, but yeah, this um, the movie. The movie is really great. Uh, super quotable. Um, I'm I'm watching it, and I haven't seen this movie from. I haven't seen this movie since like freaking what. 2000 what five you know and maybe maybe even earlier than that but i used to watch it a lot and watching it again and it was just like um wow i just remember all of these quotes like when (laughs) cyrus is talking to freaking trinity on the phone and he has the plug to the back and he's and he you know He's about to unplug uh, Morpheus, and and she was like, "Oh no, he's about to unplug Neo." And he's like, "How is he going to be the one if he's dead? <laughs> it, 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 it would take a miracle for me for for him to survive or whatever, whatever, right?" And like, I'm watching this movie, I'm just like going with the movie, and I'm just like, I was being the worst watching this movie because I was quoting it throughout the whole thing, and that's just like is just an iconic movie and i love it um and there and yeah of of course there are things like it being a 90s movie that are just kind of dumb you know just like keanu reeves is just keanu keanu it up at some point Mm -hmm. and it's just like okay yeah 
he's yeah. doing his thing and you know but it's just it's overall it's a really good movie he's gotten um, better. he's gotten better over time but i still don't think he's like yeah i don't think he's a great actor i <laughs> i i, 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 I you know what uh, yeah this is gonna get i'm gonna piss off some stands but like it, i don't i don't think he's great in any in anything really i like the john wick movies but like i'm not like oh my god keanu reeves is just he you know he he's hamming it up like he's just so good like i've always thought he's a, a fine actor i i just think he's okay i don't know was he good in speed i haven't seen speed in forever so i don't i can't tell that's a, he, that's the thing it's like i love point break point break is one of my favorite movies of all time and speed is great but like not because of him <laughs> like he just he what? in a lot of in all these early movies he just plays the same character he's just kind of like aloof he's just he it's just you know he's bill from bill and ted's but he's a cop in this one or something like he just he plays all the same roles you see it in you could see it in matrix he just he's yeah he's outclassed at every turn by Lawrence fishburne carrie ann moss and, and hugo weaving who are all like crushing it as their characters and he's just like whoa like he's just we're just getting kiana things you know yeah yeah i don't i don't think he's i don't think he's a great actor but i do like him yeah did does he have any awards does he have like emmys i mean not emmys uh oscars or anything like that oh i'm sure probably not for any of these things but probably for uh probably for like I don't want to say something stupid and and, and and be wrong on this, but he's probably got he's probably got some awards for like um, I'm trying to think what are like good movies that he did, but he was in like Constantine, but probably not anything for that because I don't think that would have been like an Oscar movie. Um, um, but let's see, he I pulled it up. Maybe for the block. Devil's Advocate. I don't know. Um, uh, he won a Blockbuster Entertainment Award. Oh, okay. Favorite actor in a science fiction. That's more prestigious than an Oscar. Everybody knows it. Yep. Um, he has quite a few Golden Raspberry <laughs> nominations. <laughs> really? He hasn't, he hasn't won any. <laughs> okay, that's good, I guess. <laughs> um, the only one you don't want to win. Yeah. Um, he has some T- MTV, movie and TV awards. He won Most Desirable Male <laughs> in Point Blank. In Point Break. Okay. Uh, but, Best on-screen duo was in Speed. Uh, best fight scene with Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix. Best male performance. Um, and oh, he won a Teen Choice Award. A Teen Teen Choice Award for The Lake House. All of which, uh, why are Teen Choice Awards voting on The Lake House? <laughs> this doesn't seem like a teen focus. Okay, but all of those are more prestigious than Oscars to me. So that's uh... yeah. Okay, so he doesn't have any Oscars. No. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't have any awards that are as like, as I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, actually none of these movies would be like critical darlings that would have been like Oscar worthy, but um but I feel like he's got a, a a solid enough career. I'm trying to think what was the name of the movie that I was thinking of. I want to say the name of the movie, but I just don't want to be wrong that it wasn't him, so I'm like trying to make sure that he was in it. Um oh, there's fucking there's Hardball which he was in, which uh uh, was Hardball was good. That's where he coaches. I feel like you'd actually like that movie. That seems like a movie that I've you would watch. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that he was nominated for. I thought he. I thought I just saw. Oh yeah. So he, 
Um, he got a golden raspberry golden raspberry nomination for Hardball, worst actor. Really? Yeah. I don't think that movie was bad. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Hardball's good. All right, and then uh, he was in the Replacements, which is a movie that I really like. That's uh with him and Gene Hackman, and he's a, a, a like a backup quarterback, and they go oh, on. Oh yeah. I, I, I like that. that movie a lot. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's good, you know what, uh, one of these days we got to do like our like overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, like sports movies, uh, at some point, yeah. because the replacements is going to be probably something in consideration for me. Uh, any given Sunday with Al Pacino, fucking great. Jamie Foxx is in that. Oh, you should check that movie out. That's good. Um, but that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, I think that probably wraps up our impressions of the matrix. So, um, why don't we get into the plot? And I've got some, uh, some details here for you. So we'll go, yeah. we'll go right in the plot. Uh, all right. Matrix came out in 1999 stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving. The runtime is two hours and 16 minutes. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, we have an 88% from the critics and an 85% from the audience. This movie is written and directed by Lana and Lily Wachowski. Um, they went on to direct Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, uh, V for Vendetta, and uh, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to talk, the infamous film Speed Racer. I feel like this one was uh, infamously uh, panned. Um, I've never seen Speed Racer. I want to check it out, though. I, I listen to a podcast that they really like the Speed Racer movie, or they talk about it a lot, at least. Uh, never seen it, so I uh, want to go check that out. Now, um... Lana Wachowski is returning for Matrix uh, Resurrections, but Lily Wachowski is not. So this will be the first, uh, the, the upcoming Matrix film that comes out later this month um, will be the first Matrix movie to not have both of them on it. Huh. I, um, we'll see how that goes. Because <laughs> haven't they always done all their movies together? Um, when I looked at the solo, uh, like work section, yeah, it was pretty small. I feel like they have always worked together. So huh. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I don't have high hopes for Matrix Resurrections, but I also don't think that it's going to be, you know, like, I don't think if it's not good, like you could pinpoint like, oh, this is because they didn't have Lily Wachowski. I think it's, this movie's probably going to be a big budget, big film for the studio so i feel like they're they're not going to be short on resources necessarily so um we'll we'll, we'll have to see though I'm, I'm looking forward to it and i don't have high hopes i've never seen matrix reloaded and matrix revolutions um so those will be totally new to me um rewatching matrix was kind of like my first time watching it because i i don't think i was really uh really paying attention enough to understand what was going on in my previous watchings of this. So this is the time that it kind of clicked for me. And I really liked this movie, uh, having now sat down and actually paid attention to it. Like I was, we, we both talked about it. I generally make some notes. You generally make some notes while we're watching. Neither of us made any notes while we watched this one because we were just into it. So yeah, just, it's really just good. get sucked in. Yeah. And I was watching this, this movie and you have, you said how long is this? Two hours and what? 16 minutes. Yeah. This movie, like, 
like just ran right it, it just just went by so fast it's just like it's paced super good but it this movie cooks like it, it goes quick like they're they're moving they're doing stuff like it, it goes places quickly but um what i was surprised about is i was thinking like oh there's like a lot of action in this there's not that much action in it there's this fight scene at the beginning there's and then i feel like we go a long time i mean there's the dojo fight scene between morpheus and neo and then I think we go a long time without any action because there's a lot of talking in this film. And like when they do just have dialogue, like it's really like high concepts, uh, like really, really um, like nebulous concepts that they're talking through. And like, I really enjoyed all that stuff. I don't know. I just liked hearing them talk about anytime that Morpheus was just monologuing about like, lines of code there's rules that they have to play by that we don't have to play by and if you you know there there is like when that kid's like you know you don't try to bend the spoon that's impossible just realize that there's no spoon like it's that shit was always very cool to me i like that 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 kind of uh philosophy type stuff that was in there and and yeah. so so when yeah. even when they were just talking like i was i was engaged so all right uh, we start with a black screen. The skill, screen fills with the classic green lines of code that everybody knows is now synonymous with the Matrix. Um, I remember growing up in uh, Mission Viejo, uh, California, in Irvine, which was right next to Mission Viejo at the uh, Irvine Spectrum. They had this pillar um, that was always kind of illuminated with different colors. And I remember when one of the Matrix movies came out. I think it was probably Revolutions because uh, I was I was a little bit older. Um I remember it just being lit up with the, the green lines of code. And so like whenever I think of Matrix movies, for some reason, I think of that pillar lit up with the, the lines of code going down it. Um, the green lines of code eventually spell out the Matrix. Uh, a phone rings and text appears on the screen and a conversation takes place between Trinity and Cypher. Trinity is Carrie Ann Moss's character and Cypher is Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants himself. Uh, Trinity and Cypher talk about some unknown person. Cypher taunts Trinity, suggesting she enjoys watching him, but they will have to kill him. Trinity counters with, uh, Morpheus, says he may be the one. Morpheus, of course, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Just as the sound of a number being selected alerts Trinity that someone may be tracing their call. She ends the call, and police officers advance through the hallways of a rundown hotel. They kick down the door and find a woman dressed in black. Trinity brings her hands up from the laptop she's working on at their command. Uh, Agent Smith uh, arrives outside with two other agents and uh, they argue with the uh, presiding police lieutenant. Agent Smith admonishes the policeman, uh, saying that they were given specific orders to contact the agents first for their protection. The lieutenant dismisses this and says they can handle one little girl. And he has two units that are bringing her down at this moment. And Agent Smith replies, no, lieutenant, your men are already dead. And it's fucking badass because Hugo Weaving as agent smith crushes it in this film he's crushes got it in everything he does <laughs> he's got the perfect like monotone voice just super serious super intense the whole time like i'm scared of him like he's yeah he's got a presence in this your species is a virus yes yeah he's so yeah he's so he's great. dope he's dope um inside trinity easily defeats the six policemen uh sent to apprehend her she runs on the walls we get a cool shot of uh, where the camera spins around her um some would say that this shot was uh bullet time but it's <laughs> it's uh cg um going back to that other the oh, other recording excuse <laughs> uh, me. okay all right 
Jackson, I'm trying to read the plot here. Uh, Morpheus tells her that she needs to find a new exit. A rooftop chase ensues, and Trinity and the agent leaping and possibly from one building to the next, uh, astonishing the policeman left behind. Uh, uh, Trinity makes a daring leap across an alley through a small window. This is the only shot in the film that really bugged me. Um, just the CG doesn't look good after 20 years of, of it being around. And uh, it's she does this kind of like dive and turn and stuff. And then um, she flies through the window, rolls down the stairs, and there's a really cool scene where she's got to, like, kind of psych herself up. She's laying on her back with her guns aimed towards the window, and it's like, uh, I, I didn't know how to read this one, I, so I'll, I'll throw it to you, Stax. In this moment, I think that this goes into what they will talk about later of um, nobody's ever fought an agent, nobody's ever killed an agent, uh, you know, when, do what we do when we see an agent and run. I almost feel yeah. like she's got her guns trained at the window because she's expecting somebody to come through and she's just trying to like will herself to just don't don't stay here. Don't try to fight. Run, run. And so she's kind of willing herself. She says, get up, Trinity, get up, get up. And then she gets up and runs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what. Yeah. You just you, you just kind of hyper herself up. And yeah. I've I've done that. So I don't know if I don't know if I've got that from this movie because I've done that to myself just like okay you got to do this thing come on you could do it do it yeah do it do it and what's, you know you're what's just the like, thing that she's psyching herself up for in that moment though so just to like so she was so i so when i saw when i what i thought it was was she was like she came through the window because when they were running on the roofs yeah. Um, he was essentially right on her ass. And yeah. then when she jumped through the window, I was thinking that she was thinking that she fell and she kind of like maybe got the wind knocked out of her a little bit. And so she's just like, I need to like, there's no way he was right on me. So he's got to be coming through this window yeah. any second right now. And yeah. there's no way I'm going to be able to get up, recover myself and whatever. So she was just kind of like, holding her guns like he's not coming he's not coming okay get up he's not yeah. gonna come get up yeah so yeah. that's how i thought it was okay that's a similar read on it that i had too okay yeah um i also think that like what's made better in that in that scene is like i said that the cg of her diving didn't look great but we do get uh right after that as she crashes through the window we get an actual like stunt person rolling down the stairs and then her rolling over onto her back and pulling the guns out and stuff. And like, I feel like why, why this movie does hold up better than I think, uh, a lot of movies, maybe, uh, uh I don't, I, I don't know. Cause we talked about, um, we talked about ghostbusters and how that, that movie being done with practical effects is, is really cool. And why a lot of the stuff holds up. I think that it's same it's the same for this movie is that there's CG in this movie, but still a lot of practical effects. Like we we'll talk about later on the big shootout in the lobby of the, of the, the skyscraper and to just see the pillars like breaking apart and stuff like that. The fact that they did that all, uh, practically, I think is, is why it all holds up pretty well. And there's only a few CG shots in this whole film that, that don't look great. And the, her diving is one of them. Um, so she gets down to the street and she's approaching a, a phone booth on the street uh, as her next exit point. Uh, she sees a garbage truck driven by Agent Smith. 
Um, it kind of does like a 180 and aims right at her. She books it to the phone booth, grabs the phone, and does like a really cool thing where she puts her hand up against the window of the of the phone booth, like bracing herself <laughs> for the trucks that's coming at her. Um, the truck smashes through the phone booth, through the wall, and Agent hops out and the other agents join him. Uh, Agent Smith hops out and the other agents join him. Um, and there's no body in the wreckage. Uh, one says she got out. The other says the informant is real. We have the next, the name of their next target says the other, his name is Neo. Um, and so one of the things I didn't get from previous watches of this, but what I did start to understand more so in this is that right there, they're talking about Cypher that when Cypher calls Trinity in this early part, right. Then he picks up on the phone. He's almost like surprised it's Trinity. And she has some line about like, yeah, I, I covered this shift and it's because she's interested in Neo. Yeah. Um, but that Cypher's not expecting her to be there. And it, and this is actually like Cypher's test with the agents. Uh, Cypher is handing over one of their people to the agents. And so that's the conversation that the, the agents are having is that, you know, there was somebody here, the informant's real. We know their next target, Neo. We cut over to yeah. see. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, just real quick, what, like, okay, so they were saying they were doing the shifts. What ex so she was just so their goal is to just watch over him? Like, I don't get, I, I didn't get what exactly was a shift. Is the shift like, okay, we're doing our shift in this part of the simulation, like, we're in the New York City part of the simulation right or whatever wherever this takes place no um, i i don't think that well i don't think that they're 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 not in the simulation they're in the matrix right i, I don't I know if you're, you're drawing a distinction so they're they're in the matrix at this point and i the you know the the mission or the shift that they're taking over could be keeping tabs on neo because it's alluded that later on that they've been looking into him uh because they see potential for him to be the one you know he's he's mm -hmm looking for answers, looking for what is the matrix and stuff like that. And so there's already kind of, you know, this, this kind of like, they're looking for each other thing. Um, so I, I, I take it as that. I don't. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, I just didn't know. Cause like, cause when she was just like in a rinky dink place and I was just like, what, what shift are you, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you watching? What are you, what shift are you doing? So I just didn't know if it was like, they were just like if people are just in the matrix if the like if there's just someone always in just to keep watch of like making sure the yeah. agents are doing anything crazy or something like that yeah or i mean one of the just like one of the things always searching. one of the things that i wonder about is like is it dangerous to go into the matrix because every time we see them go into the matrix they have some sort of interaction with smith or the other agents um but that's because Cypher a lot of the time is tipping them off. So, I mean, before, like outside of that, if you don't have somebody tipping them off, is it is it fine to go into the Matrix? Because, yeah, it seems like a risk to, to just be in there. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And I feel like sometimes, like, I, I, in the movie, there are occasional scenes where, like, like, you know, you know trinity will call up tank and be like hey i need a blah 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 right and yeah. then like it'll immediately cut to agent smith and then he'll like 
turn his head like he just heard something. And like, so I don't like, so it's kind of, they didn't really explain like, well, there's, there's stuff like that. Like, but, but what I, and I think what you're alluding to at the end of the, towards the end of the film is that there's like a bum in like the train station and they walk down and he sees them. I, I take it that, that, that this, the agents can see through like the eyes of everybody. Like they can like, Oh, okay. So that, that they, kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah Cause they could take over their bodies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause it was just like, there's just like a couple of scenes. I feel like there's a couple of scenes where like a thing happens and then like an agent reacts, even though he's somewhere else. He's yeah. just like, wait, they're over here. So I'm gonna go over there. So, yeah. Which then makes me think like, even if like, like, I don't know. I don't know. This movie is just gotta, it's, it's a great movie, but it's just like, when you really start to pick, it's like some stuff I don't really get. And I don't know if they like explain it a little bit further in the f- future movies. So I guess we'll just have to uh, wait and see, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's uh, what I'm curious too is, is, you know, what's it going to be like when they're going in the matrix and they don't have cypher basically ratting on them in, in two and three. Yeah. And I haven't seen those. So we'll see. Um, so, uh, you know, we have the name of the next target, says the other, and his name is Neo. We cut over to see Thomas Anderson, a.k.a. Neo, Keanu Reeves' character, uh, is asleep at his monitor. Suddenly, Neo's screen goes blank, and a series of text messages appear. Wake up, Neo. The Matrix has you. Follow the white rabbit, the text says. Knock, knock, Neo. Just as... Um, just as... Uh, he reads it. A knock comes at the door to his apartment. It's a group of ravers, and Neo gives them a contraband disc. He has secretly... Uh, secreted... Uh, he's hidden in a copy of uh, Simulacra and Simulation. It's a, it's the book that he pulls it out of, and apparently it's significant because Simulacra and Simulacra and Simulation, kind of the Matrix uh, philosophies. Um, Choi uh, Choi is the guy. He asks um, him to join them at the club, and Neo uh, declines until he sees the tattoo of a small white rabbit on the shorter, shoulder of the girl du jour uh, in the group. Uh, at the rave bar, he decides that he'll go because he's just got the message to follow the white rabbit. He sees the white rabbit on her shoulder, so he decides to go. Um, at the rave bar, Neo stands alone as the group he's uh, with continues to party. Trinity approaches him and introduces herself. Neo recognizes the name. She was a famous hacker and cracked the IRS database. She tells him that he is in great danger and that they're watching him and that he uh, and that she needs she knows what he's searching for that he's searching for answers. I'm sorry, but. Um, she knows that he's searching for answers, particularly to the most important questions of all. What is the Matrix? The pulsing music of the bar gives way to the rep- repetitious blare of Neo's alarm, uh, and he's late for work. At his job uh, the next day, Neo is berated by his boss for having a problem with authority, for thinking he's special. Um, Neo listens to his boss, but his attention is on the person cleaning the windows of the office. A couple cool things here is that I, I, I was watching something that kind of pointed out, like... Um, the boss kind of lays out in this scene uh, kind of the plot of the movie is that like he's got a problem with authority. You know, he's going to have to decide, uh, you know, if he wants to find another job or if he wants to like, you know, show up on time or whatever and stuff. And uh, says some other stuff that kind of lays out the plot of the film and, and what what Neo's going to have to uh, face going in uh, to the Matrix. Um, and no, then I also really notice that. And Neo's focused on the the window cleaners, like literally the window cleaners who are 
cleaning the window so that he can see out of the window. And uh, all of this is like really good, like um, foreshadowing and kind of um, some like uh, some visual metaphors here that I, I think are really cool. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of symbolism and all that stuff. Um, uh, let's see, where was I in this little thingy here? Uh, uh, back at the cube, back at his cubicle, Neo receives a delivery. Upon opening the package, he finds a cell phone, which immediately rings. Like the second he pulls it out. On the other end is Morpheus, who informs Neo that they've both run out of time and that they are coming for him. Morpheus tells him to slowly look up towards the elevator. Agent Smith and two other agents have arrived, obviously looking for him as a woman points towards Neo's cube. Uh, Morpheus tries to guide Neo out of the building, but when he's instructed to get on some scaffolding out of the window of the skyscraper um, and take it to the roof, Neo rejects Morpheus's advice, allowing himself to be taken by agents. Uh, in the interrogation room with the agents, uh, Neo is uh, told that, you know, they've got all this information on him. They've had it, their eye on him for some time. He lives a dual existence. One life as Thomas A. Anderson, a software engineer for Metacortex. The other as Neo, a computer hacker, guilty of virtually every computer crime we have a law for. Agent Smith uh, asks him to help them capture Morpheus, uh, calls Morpheus a terrorist, considered a dangerous terrorist in exchange for amnesty. Uh, Neo gives them the finger, uh, in a very lame display. <laughs> He's like, how about I give you this? And he flips them off. And uh, and uh, he's like, and you give me my phone call. And Mr. Smith has a, or Agent Smith has a really cool line here where he says, uh, what good is a phone call if you're unable to speak? <laughs> and then Neo finds his lips are fused together. They kind of like stitch together and he panics and he uh, uh, backs against the wall. The agents grab him and they implant a... Uh, they implant a, a, a crawfish-like probe <laughs> into his stomach. And this is all the stuff that freaked me out as a kid when I was watching this. Like, his mouth sewing shut and the fucking thing going into his belly button was, like, a lot for me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, the, the mouth being shut thing. I kind of remember having nightmares about that. Just, like, just, like, your mouth just, just, like, <laughs> I don't know why I made the noise, but just, like, your mouth like sealing over and then like yeah and then like your nose and, like i i would dream like my mouth would like skin would grow over my mouth just like in the movie and then it would also grow over my nose and then like i couldn't breathe and then like i would wake up out my sleep with my face <laughs> planted <laughs> straight into the pillow <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah but I, so, I don't know it's, it's very scary it's a scary thought yeah no yeah it's and it's scary imagery it's very freaky. I, I did not like this as a kid. Um, Neo awakens uh, with uh, he awakens startled in his own bed, assuming uh, it's all been a bad dream. His phone rings and Morpheus is on the other line. He tells Neo that the line is tapped, but they've underestimated his importance. Morpheus tells Neo that he is the one and to meet him at Adam Street Bridge. There, he's picked up by Trinity and two others in the car. It's uh, Apoc and uh, and Switch. Um, they all wear black latex and leather. A woman in the front seat, Switch suddenly points a gun at him and tells him to take off his shirt. Uh, Trinity tells him in the it's for their mutual protection and that he has to trust her. He takes off his shirt. There's a little conversation here where he's like, I'm getting out of the car. And then she's like, you know where that road leads and you know, you'll never get answers that way. And then he decides to stay, lifts up his shirt. They pull out a doohickey thingy that uh, they, they put over his belly button and they suck the, uh, they suck the little crawfish thing out of his, his, uh, belly button 
and yeah. they throw it out the window and it turns back into like this little metal probe thing that's not a crawfish uh so i don't get what was the purpose of them putting that in him because when he goes into the matrix i mean when he leaves um then like their bodies just disintegrate so wouldn't would did that have any purpose would it follow him out yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just so that they could track him within the Matrix. Maybe so, they were planning to, to capture them before they even got out. Oh, before they got out. Okay. Yeah. Because then I was like, maybe it comes, maybe it's back in his body whenever he comes back in. I don't know. Yeah, but no, just... you're, well, you're right, because I think they just disappear. But it's implied that they go through the phone, right? I don't know, because it's like, yeah, it's not their real bodies in the matrix they're just jacked in and they're like digital representations of themselves so yeah i i don't know yeah. it would just yeah you're right doesn't make a lot of sense but it's a cool thing it's cool imagery yeah, when they suck cool. that thing out <laughs> yeah. um but uh uh he's yeah so um and then i quickly want to mention because we bring up this character switch and this is something that i think is cool it stands out to me um switch kind of looks visually different from everybody else in in the matrix especially when they're inside the matrix and they have uh their their matrix outfits on did you notice that everybody else is in black and switches in white uh yeah i did notice that and did you also know that switch was uh lana and lily wachowski the directors uh uh are both trans women and yeah. uh switch was originally supposed to be a trans character uh a male uh a male in the um in the real world quote unquote real world outside of the matrix and in the matrix uh would present as like a female uh so i think that that's a really cool thing and i i think just maybe in 1999 they probably weren't ready for that concept yeah. <laughs> i guess but i still would love to have seen that and i hope that there's something like that in in matrix 4 i think that uh I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Oh yeah, that that uh, if it's not in there, then they missed a major, like yeah. a big opportunity if they don't put it in a new one. I think I still think it would have been badass in in oh, this. Oh, I, I wish I wish that they had done it, but yeah, obviously I'm speaking with oh, them. Like it might even be in the second and third ones. I don't. We don't know. We don't we know. Just, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. Okay. Um. So it's probably not though. Um. <laughs> uh let's see trinity uh trinity takes neo to morpheus morpheus explains that he's been searching for neo his entire life and asks if neo feels like alice in wonderland falling down the rabbit hole he explains to neo that they that they exist in the matrix a false reality that has been constructed for humans to hide the truth the truth is that everyone in the world is a slave born into bondage and morpheus holds out two pills <clears throat> one is blue in his left palm and one is red in his right um if Neo takes the blue pill, he will wake up in his bed, believe whatever you want to believe, uh, he's, and believe whatever you want to believe. But if he takes the red pill in Morpheus's right hand, you stay in the wonder, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes, which is such a fucking cool line. Yeah. Uh, Neo takes the red pill. Uh, as the rest of Morpheus's crew straps him into a chair, Neo is told that the pill he took is part of a trace program to disrupt his input and output carrier signal so that they can pinpoint him. So this is a pill that, from what I gather, he takes this pill in the Matrix, but this allows them to find him in the real world? Yeah, because okay. yeah, cause it, 
they have to, and I think, okay, so what I thought happened was he takes the pill, it like messes up the signal, whatever like that, they can, um, and then they can pinpoint where he's at, they can go get him, but I also think whatever they did to him, it also made the system think he died, because then like, well, he wakes up, yeah. Yeah, he wakes up and then like they just kind of flush him out and there they are waiting. We're waiting to grab him. Yeah. So Yeah. So uh Neo looks at a shattered mirror place next to him, which miraculously repairs itself. Neo touches the surface and the silver begins to creep over his skin, engulfing him and uh as Morpheus's crew attempts to locate something on the monitors around them. The silver fluid covers him entirely, moves down his throat, and he blacks out. This part I don't understand though. Like why the 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 glass stuff. Yeah, I don't get that either. I just thought it was just like it's creepy, a, but a side effect of him, <laughs> like, like <laughs> I thought it was just a side effect of the pill. He was just like tripping, fucking balls. <laughs> just like, they just gave him a hallucinogen. Um, yeah. He awakens inside of an embryonic pod that is part of a massive power plant. He's hairless, naked, and covered in goo, with thick black tubes snaking down his throat, uh, plugged into the back of his head. Uh, and suddenly a menacing hovering robot grabs him by the throat. Uh, the cable inserted in the base of his skull suddenly detaches. The rest of the tubes pop off of his limbs, and Neo is flushed down a tube into an underground pool of filthy water. Just as he's about to drown in the muck, a hovercraft above him snags him and hauls him into the cargo bay. Neo finds himself surrounded by Morpheus's crew again, but they are dressed differently in simple knit garments. Just before Neo passes out, Morpheus says to him, Welcome to the real world. Uh, Neo drifts in and out of consciousness. At one point, he asks, am I dead? Far from it, replies Morpheus. Again, he wakes up. Uh, his body, a pincushion of acupuncture. Uh, and I love this line where he goes, why do my eyes hurt? And he he asks, and Morpheus says, you've never used them. And yeah, I which I thought cool. was really cool. And like his muscle, he can't walk. His, he from, had never used his muscles and yeah. all this other stuff. And I thought that was really cool. But the, but you've, I, never used to, you, the you, you've never used them line is like, hits on so many levels for me like it's a literal one of like yeah you've been in this pod you've never actually used your eyes and that's why they're like they're adjusting and they hurt but like you've never used them of like now you're seeing the real world now you're seeing this is this is what it's like and and what that means of like now your eyes are open basically to what's going on i think is it hits on so many levels and i think it's so fucking cool (laughs) yeah it was dope um Neo finally awakes fully clothed. Some time has passed because he's got hair. I, 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 that's my little side note of here is like some time must have passed because he's got hair all of a sudden. He was totally like bald, like no eyebrows or anything like that in the embryonic fluid. Um, but then so, it must uh, be a couple of weeks fun, at least. So fun fact that at the beginning of this movie, um, it yeah. has a date of um, the date was, uh, gosh, what was the date um, when when Trinity and Cypher were talking on the phone yeah. and it has mm-hmm. that opening credit scenes, mm-hmm. uh, the date in the top of it said like 19, I mean, February 19th, uh, 80, 1998. And then at the end of the movie in the, uh, closing sequence, the same kind of effect, it said, uh, September 18th, 1999. Yeah. So the movie just takes place over 19 months. And as a kid, as a dumb kid i thought this movie took place over like you know a month you know or you know months, well, yeah. months you know and, but like it was really cool to see that one little 
uh, fact and like, oh, wow, this like was over a year and who knows how long he was actually training in there and all this other stuff. And I thought it was I don't know, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's actually I read that piece of trivia as well. And it was actually like surprising to me because, yeah, I to be honest, even watching it this time, I was like, oh, it just takes place over like a couple weeks or a month or whatever, because they don't tell you about how much time is passing at any time at any point. But, you know, his hair gets a little bit longer and uh, and stuff. But, yeah, I guess I guess, you know, there's time in between in, in between each of the sequences that we see, I guess. Um. So. Let's see, where was I? Uh, yeah, Neo finally awakes, fully clothed. Uh, some time must have passed because he's got hair. Uh, he removes a connector that's sunk deep into his arm and reaches for the large socket at the back of his neck when Morpheus enters the room. Morpheus goes on to say that they really don't know what year it is. Uh, he says, you might think it's like 1999. We think it's closer to 2199. Um, all of that. Uh, but when he's pulling the fucking thing out of his arm, man... I just can't stop thinking about what that might feel like of like, he's got these ports on his arm and he's pulling these like giant, like needle like things. And I'm like, how, how weird must it be to be jacked into the matrix with that port on the back of your head? Yeah. It doesn't look comfortable. Like they always kind of like wince. Yeah. And like, do they, so do they like, so in the, like in a little bit after the part you're at now, when Morpheus explains it, um, he says that the kids are, uh, babies are, what he, what was the phrase he said? The, um, not bred, but like created in like a lab, really. And like, yeah. so I was, I wonder if like, do they create the babies and then they're babies for a little bit and then they put it in their head or do they like, is it like, do they like grow this the they brain show, around this thing you know yeah they show an infinite they, they show an infant in in like one of the pods so at one it point had the thing in it though right already right i imagine yeah yeah so i was like i don't know yeah. it's just like a weird thing like do but they, they do just... they do say that like babies aren't born they're grown yeah yeah, yeah grown yeah that's what it is so yeah. then like do they just grow this like this baby with this kind of port in its brain if they're growing it because there's like i don't feel like there's any way for you to like <laughs> like i don't know like it's so that is such a weird thing to like to think about like it's more than just like a thing in the back of your head it has to be like wired into like every yeah. freaking inch of your brain for it to i don't know it's just like a weird like i didn't know if it was like <laughs> put it in or if they grow it around you know maybe um, we'll get more answers but i doubt it i feel like that's just one of the things that they're like ah don't worry about yeah, it <laughs> yeah, i don't need to answer that <laughs> yeah uh neo is introduced to morpheus's crew including trinity apoc uh, a man with long flowing black hair switch cypher uh and two brawny brothers tank and dozer and a young thin man named mouse uh morpheus gets to the point you want to know about the matrix he says ushering him to a chair neo sits down in it and trinity straps him in a long probe is inserted in the socket of back in the back of neo's skull uh neo wakes up in a world of all white he is uh in the construct a loading platform that morpheus and his team used to prepare newly freed humans to deal with the matrix world Gone are the sockets in Neo's arms and neck, and his hair has grown in, and Morpheus tells him that what he is experiencing of himself is the residual self-image, the mental projection of your digital self, and bids him to sit while he explains the truth. This, he says, showing an image of the modern city, is the world that you know, and 
uh, a thing that really exists um, only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the matrix. Morpheus then, uh, Morpheus then shows Neo the world as it truly exists today, an empty and dark, deserted wasteland. Uh, Morpheus goes on to say that mankind gave birth to AI and someone started a war. No one knows who, but it was... Uh, but it was known that mankind decided to decided to deprive the machines of their solar power by uh, nuking the planet, basically blotting out the sun with with uh, with nuclear fallout. Instead, the machines turned humans into a power source, enslaving them like Neo had been before he was freed. Morpheus goes on to explain that the human body provides more electricity than a 120 volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs in body heat. Morpheus shows Neo fields where machines grow human beings, connecting them to the to their outlets, ensconcing them in their uh, pods, and feeding them the liquefied remains of other human beings, which I thought was the grossest part. But if you're in the Matrix, who the fuck cares? Yeah. The blissful ignorance of this all. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't think I ever asked you the question at the end of the 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 impression section. You taking the oh, pill? Yeah. You taking the pill? Um... Definitely not taking the pill. Definitely not taking <laughs> Definitely. the red pill. Okay, okay. Knowing knowing what's outside the matrix. Yeah. Not taking the pill. Um, if I was actually in this and I didn't know, they didn't explain anything to me, and they're just like, "Hey, we." But can they're like stacks. The real world stacks. You're the you're the one, and you yeah. can save humanity from I being imprisoned. The, I would take the red pill. Okay. But as soon as I saw the living conditions and that I had to eat freaking goop and there's like everything's like gross and dirty and it's just all and like it's like this is where we live. This is how you guys live. This isn't like it's not like a you know a real world type thing. You know, this is just this is how it is. And I'd be immediately asking them to put me back in. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, no, no, give me the blue pill. I, no, I'm I'm done. Take See, me I out. Would, I would go anarchy. I'd grab both pills and put them both in my mouth and just. Oh, oh, that would be so like, that'd be so scary. I thought we could <laughs> like, imagine I, that. I, that's the thing. It's like, I I'm not good at taking pills. I I have a tendency to choke on them. I feel like they'd be like, you know, is it going to be the blue pill or the red pill? I'd be like, I don't think those are both pretty big. Do you have them in chewable format? Like, <laughs> I would like to. I would I would like the chewy. The chewy red pill, please. Can I mix it in some water and dissolve it <laughs> in some water? I think they do uh, give them water. Yeah. No, uh, I mean like drop the pill in water, stir it around, dissolve it yeah. a little bit, then drink. What's well, a capsule? Yeah. It's a capsule. I don't think I don't think that would even work. It would just kind of like oh. diffuse it to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is a gel capsule. Oh, gross. I'd be like, yeah. I'm gonna take the green pill, <laughs> grab both the red and blue one, and put them both in my mouth, and then chew them up a whole bunch before they can yeah. stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at that point they just shoot me there's, in the head. <laughs> there, there's gotta be a skit out there somewhere where like, <laughs> where like they, where like someone did that. <laughs> if if not, we're making it. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? But you know what? Like, so if it was you and you tried to do that, they probably wouldn't even. Um, they, you, they probably wouldn't even come to you because like the oracle would probably been like, no. Please don't, because yeah. this person is a lunatic. They're going to eat both pills. Yeah. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> We've got a strong inclination uh, that Ash might be the one, and then the Oracle's like, nah, she's going to go green pill, so watch yeah. out. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so 
Uh, Neo rejects this information so feverishly that he demands release from the construct. He is uh, back in the chair on the hovercraft, and the crew pulled the spike out of the back of his head, and he fights to free himself from this harsh reality, only to end up vomiting on the floor and passing out. He, like, full-on rejects it, <laughs> which I've never seen something so unbelievable that I had to throw up, but yeah. I don't know. This um, might be a lot. Real quick, so when he's in the... Um... When he was in the Morpheus was explaining everything to him. Morpheus showed him. He was like, "Yeah, this is what the human race is." And he shows up, and he shows him a Duracell brand, a Duracell battery, mm-hmm. and it's like just essentially what humans are. We're just batteries for these for this AI. Yeah. And um, earlier, when Neo first gets in the car with Trinity and Switch and um, was it Mouse and the other Apoc? No, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Switch uh, calls him Copper Top, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, Copper Top is a slang for Duracell batteries. So it was like, because he was still in the Matrix. So yeah. essentially, he's still just a battery. And just I thought that was, yeah, when I read that, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, <laughs> I just read a great piece of trivia while I was cruising the the line of the the trivia on imdb uh before his character's final speech at the end keanu reeves has never had more than five sentences in a row to speak <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um it, that's hilarious. there was another there was another one another trivia that said that um he he only had a certain amount of lines and like it, it pretty much boiled to and most of his lines in like the first 45 minutes of the movie was just him asking questions. And so it just averaged out that he asked a question a minute for the first 45 minutes of the of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it said like 45 of his first 80 lines in the film are like are, are questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so back to the plot. Um, yeah, Neo freaks out, throws up. Uh, when Neo wakes up in his bunk, Morpheus is beside him, and Neo says, I can't go back, can I? And uh, Morpheus says no. He apologizes to Neo for breaking the cardinal rule. After a certain age, people aren't brought out of the simul- simulacrum. <laughs> simulacrum. <laughs> simulacrum. <laughs> uh, the simulation. Fuck it. The Matrix. But Morpheus explains... Leave all that in. But Morpheus explains that he has uh, had to bring Neo out. When the Matrix was created, there was a man born inside it who could create his own reality inside of the Matrix. It was this man who set Morpheus and others free when he died the Oracle, prophesied that he would return in another form, blah, 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 blah. We think Neo's the one. Um, uh, The next day, Neo starts his training. Tank is his operator. Tank and Dozer are both 100% pure old-fashioned homegrown humans, which I love the addition of Tank and Dozer and the fact that they are homegrown humans they're children of zion they were born in the the major city that humans live in in the real world uh so they don't have any of the ports or anything on them which i thought was pretty cool so they're kind of confined to being operators because they can't actually jack in yeah that was pretty dope yeah i just thought that was a nice bit of world building and the whole all the stuff like we never see zion but they tell us about it and i think it's cool that they just build out the world that little bit uh, tank straps Neo back in the jack, uh, back into the jack-in chair, bypass, uh, bypasses some of the preliminary uh, programs and loads him up with the combat training, starting with jujitsu. When Tank hits load, Neo shocked by the force of knowledge pouring into him. Uh, tank says, "I think he likes it," and and uh, Neo says, "Hell yeah, I want some more." Um, 
And then this is where we get the great line where, you know, Tank's like, he's been going for 10 hours, the guy's a machine. And uh, they finish up whatever they're doing. And Neo looks at Morpheus and goes, I know Kung Fu. And Morpheus <laughs> says, show me. Show me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Morpheus and Neo uh, stand in a sparring program. The program has rules like gravity, but as in many computer programs, some rules could be bent while others could be broken. They fight with Neo impressively attacking, but Morpheus easily uh, parrying and subduing him. The rest of the crew gathers around the monitors to watch them fight. Morpheus ends up kicking Neo into a beam, explaining to him that the reason that he's beaten him has nothing to do with muscles or reality. And he's got another dope-ass line here, because Lawrence Fishburne has all the fucking best lines in this movie. He goes, you think that's air you're breathing? And it's so cool. Yeah, that, like, as a kid, that never hit me, but, like, watching it now, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like, this is all mental. Like, you gotta, like, escape this, like, fucking mental... Uh, you know, state of like you're 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 giving into like the rules of the simulation for him to start like trying to think outside of that and yeah. and that he can bend the reality of this of this world is so cool and uh, like it's it's a nice little visual touch too that like right after he says that Neo stops like kind of heavy breathing and stuff and and realizes okay like and then he he goes faster um, yeah like Neo says you're too fast which kicks all this off and he says you know this has nothing to do with uh, muscles or reality. Uh, uh, Neo finally brings a punch near his teacher's face. Neo stops, telling Morpheus, I know what you're trying to do. Morpheus tells him he's only trying to show him the door and that Neo must step through it. Uh, a jump program is loaded. Both men now stand on the on one of the several tall buildings in a normal city skyline. Morpheus tells Neo he must free his mind and leaps easily but impossibly from one building to the next. Whoa. <laughs> Fucking Neo. <laughs> just, yeah. just, we get the Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Uh, Neo nervously tries to follow him and doesn't make the jump falling to the pavement below he kind of bounces out of it and then lands hard on the on the concrete um Neo wakes back up on the Nebuchadnezzar which we didn't talk about the name of the ship is the Nebuchadnezzar and it's dope um and he wakes on the Nebuchadnezzar with blood in his mouth I thought it wasn't real he says your mind makes it real replies Morpheus so if you die in the matrix you die here the body cannot live without the mind says Morpheus underlining the very real danger faced in the simulation um later while Neo is sleeping deeply Trinity brings him dinner outside his room Cypher remarks that Trinity never brought him dinner (laughs) Uh, he asks Trinity why if Morpheus thinks Neo is the one Hasn't he taken him to the Oracle yet? Uh, Trinity says he'll take him when he's ready. Morpheus and Neo are walking down a standard city street in what appears to be the Matrix. Morpheus explains that the Matrix is a system and that the system is their enemy. All the people that inhabit it, the people are trying to, they're trying to free are part of that system. Some are so inert, so dependent on the Matrix, they can never be free. Neo notices a stunning girl in a red dress. Uh, Morpheus asks, are you listening to me? He, a- he asks Neo to look at the girl again. Neo turns uh, to face Agent Smith, pointing a gun straight at his head. Morpheus stops the simulation, which has just been created to look like the Matrix. Neo asks uh, what the agents are. Sentient programs, says Morpheus. Morpheus and his crew survive the agents by running away from them and hiding from the agents. Even though they are guarding all the doors, they are holding all the keys, and sooner or later, someone is going to have to fight them. But no one has ever stood up to an agent and survived. All have died. Uh, still Morpheus is certain that because the agents live in a world of rules that they can never be as strong or as fast as he can be um, what are you trying to tell me asks Neo that I can dodge bullets and Morpheus again with another one of the fucking coolest lines of this movie says when you're ready you won't have to 
Just that, uh, just then Morpheus gets a phone call. We've got trouble, Cypher says on the other line. The Nebuchadnezzar is on alert. They see an holographic image of a squidly, a squiddy, uh, a search and destroy sentinel, which is on their trail. They set the ship down uh, in a huge sewer system and turn off the power. And I don't really care about all this stuff, but they say that they've got EMPs and there's these squiddy things that are looking for them in the real world. And uh, two squiddies search for the ship and the crew can see them, but they move on so they don't have to use the EMP. But they set up the EMP here, which, uh, spoiler, they'll use later. Um, Neo startle Cypher, uh, like late at night, it seems like everybody's gone to sleep. And I think this this scene is cool because like you can see what Cypher's doing the whole time. Uh, Neo walks up and he startles him like Cypher's doing something that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Uh, he's working at a computer console streaming with green code. Cypher offers Neo a drink and still says, uh, and says that he knows what Neo's thinking. Why, oh why didn't I take the blue pill? Neo laughs, but is unsettled. Cypher asks Neo if Morpheus, uh, has told him why he's here. Neo nods. What a mind job, says Cypher. You're here to save the world. Cypher is now at a fancy restaurant, so, so Neo goes to bed, like, walks off. And then we cut over to Cypher in a fancy restaurant, sitting across from Agent Smith in the Matrix. Agent Smith asks if they have a deal. Cypher cuts up a juicy steak and ruminates on the fact that he knows the steak is merely a simulation, telling his brain that it's delicious and juicy. But after nine years, he's discovered that ignorance is bliss. He strikes a deal for the machines to reinsert his body into a power plant, reinsert him into the Matrix, and he'll help the agents. He wants to be rich and powerful, an actor maybe. Smith says he wants access codes to the mainframe in Zion. Cypher says he can't do that, but he can get him the man who has those, uh, meaning Morpheus. So, question. Yes. How did he? Get, so, if, every, if everybody else is asleep, how did he get himself in, and how does he get himself out? Well, he's sitting at his console and he's just watching the like the lines of the Matrix and stuff like that. I, uh-huh. I, I interpret it as he's written some sort of code that allows him to jack in and have those kind of conversations and stuff. I don't. Oh, so he's not actually okay. Yeah, he's uh, okay. he's doing a, a little technique we like to call self jacking. And uh, <laughs> not a lot of people know how to do it, but Cypher's figured it out. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. He's going to get a Morpheus. Meanwhile, inside the Nebuchadnezzar's small dining room in the real world, the rest of these the crew is trying to choke down the oatmeal gruel that they have as sustenance. Mouse muses on his mistakes. Uh, the machines, uh, or Mouse muses on the mistakes that machines may have made by trying to get sensations right, like the taste of chicken, which is actually a really funny conversation. He basically points out that, like, you know how everything tastes like chicken? Maybe it's because they didn't know what chicken tasted like, so chicken just tastes like everything. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. I was actually like, making oh me God. think. I yeah. love Mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is well, so don't, worry. Like, don't worry. Don't worry, because so, we'll probably yeah. get one or two more lines from him before he's dead. Oh, tragic. Yeah. Um, since then, they didn't know what chicken tastes like. It tastes like everything else. Morpheus interrupts the meal, announcing he's taking Neo to see the Oracle. Morpheus, Trinity, Neo, Apoch, Switch, Mouse, and Cypher are all jacked into the Matrix. As they walk out of the warehouse, Cypher secretly throws his cell phone into uh, the garbage, um, makes a call on it, and then throws it in the garbage. On the car ride to the Oracle, Neo asks Trinity if she's seen the Oracle. Trinity says that she has, but when she's asked... Uh, what she was told by the Oracle, she refuses to answer. The Oracle, Morpheus explains, has been with them since the beginning of the Resistance. She is the one who made the prophecy of the One and that Morpheus would be the one to find him. She can help uh, Neo find the path, he says. He enters the apartment. Another bit of context here, because I think it was important, and like in hindsight, I was like, man, this fucking clever shit. Um, Morpheus says, you know, 
what she tells you is not always like the prophecy. She guides you to the you know to the answers basically. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't give basically the answers. Um, she can help Neo find the path. He says he enters the apartment of the Oracle, uh, which is a really cool thing where he reaches out to grab the handle and then somebody opens it. You know because they know they're coming. Uh, he enters the apartment of the Oracle. Inside are other potentials, a mother figure and numerous children. One child levitates blocks. One reads Asian literature. Another is playing chess. One bald child is bending spoons. He gives one of the spoons to Neo and says, Do not try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth, that there is no spoon. Um, Neo bends the spoon and he's called to see the Oracle. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then it's like just... In this universe where like people like now or people say they have kinetic powers, you know, or whatever like that. And it's just uh-huh. like, huh, they're just like, you know, bending this program, you know, it's just like breaking the rules yeah. of this program. They just, just yeah. these are people who have like somehow uh, one way or another have figured out that, yeah. uh, that the rules of the universe are not the rules of the universe and that they can bend them. And yeah. Um, this this would be broken by every Star Wars nerd like me who is like doesn't want to admit it but you know sometimes when it's late at night and there's nobody around and you see the TV remote on the couch the other side of the couch everybody's put out their hand once or twice seeing if they could use the force tried wow. to try to will it towards <laughs> themselves you know I guess I haven't I guess I'm not a big enough Star Wars nerd uh, apparently not <laughs> apparently not you know you're just not a believer you know yeah. Listen, listen, copper top. That's why you're gonna be. <laughs> Whoa. Well, you know what? Yeah. Fine. I will be a battery for the bigger picture. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're not getting. You're not getting. You're not getting. You're not getting taken out of the matrix. Don't worry about it. Too old. Um, too old. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's too late now. Your old brain couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be throwing up all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> they pull you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he was awarded. Put me back. Put me people. back. Put me back. Give me the green pill. Give me the green one. We wasted so much time researching and looking into this guy. He just immediately freaking pukes all over our stuff. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. Put it back in. Uh, oh boy. It's almost a nightmare. Um. I, okay. Uh, real yeah. quick on the scene, uh-huh. um, where he, um, so it's just kind of like back to this spoon bending and stuff, and it's just kind of, just kind of cool, just to think about like if this, if it, if the Matrix is real and we are in the Matrix, and it's just like how certain people are just, just super talented at a thing, just unrealistically talented at a thing, like you know, like michael jordan who can just like jump super high or michael phelps who can just like swim like really good at just like all these like physical like people that can do these physical feats and stuff like that and it's just like is this this is all just like in their brain where they just kind of figure it out without knowing that they can actually like manipulate the matrix to do this thing to manipulate the matrix to jump higher or to like 
calculate math a little bit better or do all these crazy things. And I just think when, when I saw this scene and he explained it, I was just like, that they don't even like, they don't even have to pull them out of the matrix that these are just people within the matrix who have found out that they could bend the rules and like, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was pretty cool. Just like, Oh, wow. That is cool. Yeah. No, I hope we, I hope we get further elaboration of, of people doing that in future movies. We'll see. I'm, I'm actually like, I, I, it's actually surprising that I haven't started two yet because after watching one, I was like, man, I got to fucking watch more of this. And like, I thought about just starting one over again and watching it over. Um, but I think I'm going to start two pretty, pretty quickly here. Um, yeah. So uh, get ready for a podcast where Ash doesn't remember what happened in a movie that she watched less than a week ago. Uh, next week. <laughs> um, the Oracle's baking cookies. She sizes Neo up. And I love this whole scene with, with the Oracle. She's amazing. Uh, the actress who plays her is just crushes it, and like, I, I love this whole back and forth, and I love the advice that she gives him. Now, one thing to to remember here is that at no point does she say that he's not the one. She just goes along with what he says. So yeah. the Oracle's baking cookies. She sizes Neo up and asks him whether he thinks he's the one. Neo admits that he doesn't know, and the Oracle does not enlighten him. Neo smiles, and the Oracle asks him what's funny. Neo admits that Morpheus had almost convinced him that he was the one. She accepts this and prophesizes that Morpheus believes in Neo so much that he plans to sacrifice himself. She tells Neo that either he or Morpheus will die, and that Neo will have the power to choose which one it will be. She then offers him a cookie and promises that uh, he'll feel fine as soon as he's done eating it. As the crew returns to the jackpot, so so further elaboration on that scene. Um, she says, you know, uh, I I can only give you like, I can only like lead you. She uh, man, what does she what does she exactly say? Because she says something to the effect of, I can only tell you what you what you already know basically, and he's and he says that I'm not the one. And she says, sorry, the, you know, you know, you got the gift, but, you, you know, you're you ain't it or whatever. Yeah, she says something, something, like that, to, yeah. something to that effect. But um, but she never at, at no point does she say, like, yeah, you're not the one. She just tells him that, like, if you believe you're the one, you're, you, you know, it, she says that if you, you are the one, you'll believe it balls to bones. I think it's what she says. And I think it's a cool line. But. I, I like this part because I, I definitely like not having seen this movie in a while left this scene like, oh, he's not the one. Oh, shit. Like, where do we go? And like, I know that like he can do shit, but I was like, but what if he's not actually the one? Maybe he's just adept, but he's not the real one, you know? Yeah. But, so when, yeah. When, when I watched this, it kind of reminded me of Harry Potter. So um, spoilers for Harry Potter, I guess, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. kind of like, have you seen all of Harry Potter, right? Spoiler for Harry Potter. Don't watch them. Not oh, good. Yeah. Not Don't good movies. Them. Not good <laughs> yeah. movies. Written by a turf, you know? What, what, what's the like? <laughs> um, but in the... Oh, in... I'm a, uh, you're a wizard. Oh, the Inspector Patronus. Like, what? come on. Uh, what are we uh, doing no, here? I feel, I feel like <laughs> our demographic for this show loves... Oh. <laughs> Spelliama! Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But... Uh, but just Swish in Harry Potter, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll leave. I'll let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> just in Harry, in Harry Potter, I I could be remembering this wrong, but like, like it was always like, um, Harry Potter is going to be the one to defeat Voldemort. But then really, it was Neville Longbottom was actually the chosen one to beat 
you know thing. That fucking loser. Even... Yeah, you've never seen it. I, I I'm oh. pretty. I could be. I could be totally wrong. And if I, I watched... am wrong, and you're listening to this, please call me out on it. Uh, but I watched I'm pretty... like the first three or four. I watched. I definitely have seen Prisoner of Azkaban. I've I've seen yeah no I've seen Goblet of Fire, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, and maybe like Deathly Hallows or something like that. Yeah, in the I'm I'm pretty sure that Harry Potter isn't actually at the end he turns out not to be the one that defeats um Voldemort. It's mm-hmm. Neville that mm-hmm. does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could be wrong, but that but when I could just be remembering the movies wrong because I've seen them all once. Yeah. <laughs> I've not, I, you know, never yeah. watching these again, but um, that's kind of how I Unless they it. release we'll, a new one and then we got to watch the whole series. No, no. <laughs> or I would refuse because that is a lot of, I would rather, I would rather watch <laughs> every Marvel movie back to back. No sleep. All right, guys, we got him. We got him to, we got him to agree to it. All right, we're doing it. I dig it. But yeah, that just when 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 you know, oh, he's not really the one. It just kind of reminded me of that in Harry Potter. That was yeah, cool. yeah. I and when I was watching this, I didn't know for sure that like, oh, he's the one. I knew that you know, he's Neo. He's supposed to be the one. But maybe they t- she says that he's not the one. And sure, he's got powers, but he's you know not the one who's actually prophesized. Um, but anyways, uh, so I, I left this this conversation to be like, oh fuck, like. And Morpheus is going to give his life because he believes this. So, okay. Um, as the crew returns to their jack points, uh, many floors up in an old hotel tank in the control room, notices something odd. Meanwhile, Neo walking up the stairs sees what appears to be the same cat cross the room twice. Deja vu. Whoa, he says. Deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which gets the attention of Trinity and Morpheus. Deja vu, they explain to him, is a glitch in the Matrix that happens when they reset computer parameters. Uh, outside, the phone line is cut. Mouse runs to a window, which has now been bricked in. They are trapped. Mouse picks up two machine guns, but he's no match for the police coming into the room. He's riddled with bullets. Um, I think this is cool, man. Like, they, they get this, like, idea that the, the agents are tra- changing something, and all of a sudden, fucking all of the windows are bricked. And I, it's yeah. super cool. Um, I thought that was really cool. And then in the scene where he where Mouse gets shot up, yeah. I do not remember it being so violent. <laughs> like I didn't yeah. remember it being like so violent looking. I was like, wow, and they really yeah. like lit him up. He gets shot to shit, but like we're talking about this and like I mean, with the exception of like the, the dojo fight, like this is the first action we've gotten since the beginning. You know, and yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like we just did like we just, there was a lot of plot in between that and this, and then we get this scene, and there's not even that much action here. But yeah. um uh, back on the Nebuchadnezzar, the real mouse spits birds, spits blood, spits spits birds, spits blood from his mouth and dies in the chair. Uh, more police and agents stream into the bottom of the hotel. Morpheus has Tank find a layout on of the building they're in, locating the main wet wall. The agents arrive on the floor they're on, finding a coat that Cipher has left behind. Uh, the only they only find a hole in the bathroom wall. Meanwhile, the crew is climbing through the plumbing of the wet wall. As the police approach, Cypher sneezes once more, giving them away, which I just was listening to something the other day. And they're like, oh, yeah, he sneezed on purpose. And I was like, oh, fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, he does like sneeze on purpose to give them away. Yeah. Uh, the police open fire on the wall. The crew, including Neo, begin to fire back. Uh, an agent takes over the body of one of the policemen, reaching uh, reaches into the wall and grabs Neo uh, by the neck. 
Morpheus, who is above Neo in the walls, breaks through the wall and lands on the agent, yelling to Trinity to get Neo out of the building. A fierce battle between Agent Smith and Morpheus ends with Morpheus face down on the tile. Agent Smith sends the police unit to beat him with their batons. Uh, like six cops coming in and beat him, beat the fuck out of him. Um, but this is also Whoops. like when when Neo, when Morpheus like jumps out of the wall onto to Smith and fucking goes like what's your name and he, he goes uh agent smith and uh and morpheus goes you all look the same to me i just yeah. love that shit dude so great but um as a uh person of color i did not like seeing all these uh white uh <laughs> officers come in and, and beat this man i think there's <laughs> but i think that there's probably i think that's definitely probably intentional i, Pro- I mean, it might oh yeah it might have been like yeah because he's uh the uh, Wachowski's, uh, they were very in tune with yeah. uh, this kind of stuff. So yeah, it might have been, yeah. And everything in this movie is... is I, I think that this movie a, is so carefully... Yeah, yeah, it's so carefully crafted. I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know how that plugs into the greater themes of The Matrix, but I mean, this is only, yeah. it's only five years or so after Rodney King, right? Um, maybe I don't know when that uh, happened. I think that happened in 1993, so six years maybe. <laughs> April 26, 1992. Was it 92? It's the Sublime song. April 26, 1992. There was a riot on the streets. Tell me, where were you? You were sitting home watching your TV. You don't remember? Yeah, no. <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> I listen. I listen. I look to Sublime to inform me on all of my uh, uh, history. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Rodney King injustice history. Rodney King was uh, was assaulted by the police on March third, nineteen ninety one, and I think, oh, okay. I think maybe the, maybe the riots occurred a year later because Sublime wouldn't lead me astray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know two things. I know about the Rodney King uh, riots uh, from Sublime, and I know about Paul Revere from the Beastie Boys, and that's all you need. Hey, if it's not in a song, it didn't actually happen. Uh, exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. Let's, let's, let's walk that back. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so uh, Mask gets fucked, uh, more police uh, streaming, and they beat uh, Morpheus and... Uh, uh, Cypher returns to the Nebuchadnezzar before Trinity, Neo, and Apoc switch in Apoc. As Tank attempts to bring the others back, Cypher attacks him from behind with an electronic weapon. He fires his fucking beam of electricity at, at uh, Tank. And Tank is one of my favorite characters, and I was really sad when this happened. Uh, yeah. Dozer attempts to tackle Cypher, but Cypher electrocutes him as well. Um, Trinity attempts to call Tank. So they, they found a new Jack point uh and they're all like waiting for the call from tank to get out trinity attempts to call tank but cypher pulls the headset off of the smoking remains of tank and answers as cypher talks to trinity inside the matrix he leans over the still body of trinity in the real world uh and this is all very fucking creepy i don't want anybody leaning next to my body while i'm essentially like in a fugue state i don't want anybody like leaning up on me like cypher does here cypher uh recounts the things he hates about the real world, the war, the cold, the goop they have to eat, but most especially Morpheus and his beliefs. He lied to us, Trinity. Cypher pulls the plug out of the back of Apoc's head. Apoc falls down dead in the Matrix. 
Cypher then moves to switch, and sh- as sh- as she protests, not like this. Wait, where we get the meme? Not like this. Not like this. In the Matrix, so Cypher cool. kills her on the ship. She falls down dead uh, before Trinity and Neo. Cypher moves on to Neo's. Uh, uh, man, this whoever wrote this synopsis was really pulling out their their dictionary words of the day. Cypher moves on to Neo's supine form. A fucking his unconscious body uh <laughs> saying that neo is the one uh, if neo is the one a miracle will prevent cypher from killing him how can he be the one if he's dead he asks he continues badgering trinity asking her if she believes neo is the one she says yes cypher screams no but this reaction is incredulity 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 man this fucking person <laughs> incredulity incredulity when you're incredulous, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> at seeing Tank still alive, brandishing the weapon that Cypher had used on him, Tank fries Cypher with the electrical device. Tank brings Trinity back, and she finds out that Dozer's dead. Smith informs Morpheus, who is tied to a chair, that this is the that the first Matrix was designed as Utopia. I thought this part, this is excellent world building, like a fantastic part of this. Um, Smith is uh, interrogating Morpheus um, in this... Uh, office face in like a high rise smith informs morpheus who's tied to a chair that the first matrix was designed as a utopia engineered to make everyone happy it was a disaster says agent smith people wouldn't accept the program and entire crops were lost another agent enters and relays that there may be a problem as they now know cypher has failed this is i you know i i cut out all the parts here but it's really really fucking good acting from uh hugo weaving where he uh grabs sweat off of morpheus's head and he goes it's the stench i fear that every day it's infecting me yeah yeah he gosh he kills it in this movie it is just like so good yeah and he's just a great actor and i wish he would be in more big big blockbuster movies and stuff like this because he's just just so great yeah well it's a good thing we're doing all of the marvel movies because he's in captain america as red skull but he isn't in Infinity War. Oops, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but Red Skull's in Infinity War, and it's not played by Hugo Weaver. Oh, okay, yeah. Bad. I was going to say, Red Skull was in that, and I threw all the prosthetics. I don't know if I could tell, but yeah, he is in there. Um, yeah, spoilers, but it's been out for a couple years. Uh, isn't he like the... He's like the overseer of like where the, the, the pit that the Soul Stone is in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I have no I don't, idea. I, okay, I have no not, fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're not going to get into that because I have <laughs> qualms with that movie, but we'll get there one day. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it was a da- uh, yeah, so the, the whole thing about it being a utopia, too, like I cut out the, the quotes from him there, but he basically goes on to say that, like, humans yes. couldn't fucking handle the utopia. They needed to have some sort of suffering. <laughs> Yeah, and so you know what's crazy about this movie, and this is probably where like a lot of um, a lot of like red pill people and QAnon people and 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 what else um what else do they call it like um uh dog whistles and all this other stuff people you know all this whatever and like when he says like the human race is just a virus like months ago. Um, I I did a Twitter thread. I, I I'm pretty sure I deleted it because it was like too real. I did it at, yeah, I did I did it at like three o'clock in the morning, and I was just like 
just vibing and i was just like just thinking about but this is why i I was thinking like what if the human race is like like what if this is our purpose is just to like just to spread from one planet to another planet and just suck up all the resources and destroy the planet and then we move to the next planet because i'm like it was just like i just saw something about us going like populating mars or something like that and i'm just like we're just going to go to mars and the human race is just going to destroy earth and we're going to go to mars and we're just going to destroy mars and we're going to go to another planet and we're going to destroy that planet and so when he's going through this and he's just like the human race is just a virus all it does is destroy and whatever whatever and i'm just like i was thinking the same thing not too long ago yeah he's got a quote he's got a quote that like you know humans just uh like reproduce and grow their numbers and then they they they're the only species that uh overuses like resources in an area they don't they're not bound by the resources of an area so they'll use all of them kill their kill their host essentially and move on he says the only other species that does this he goes he's saying that humans aren't mammals the only other species that does this is a virus yeah and so yeah (sighs) which i mean all of the bad guys in this movie kind of spit truth at a a certain point like cypher being like i just just plug plug me back in just fucking wipe my memory and plug me back in and it's like i kind of get it and then Yeah. yeah when when uh when uh smith is talking shit about humans i'm like hey kind of right all right yeah it's like wow and the uh, whole rejecting this- utopia thing like totally makes sense of like humans just need some sort of like conflict <laughs> yeah it's i mean like hell like we love reality tv and that's literally all it is it's just like yeah every reality tv show is conflict like you just can't have we can't have peace and that's yeah. just like this yeah spitting bars yep uh, back on the hovercraft, uh, the shuddering form of Morpheus betrays uh, the torture he's being put through. It's fucking uh, again. Whoever wrote this synopsis did a bad bad job using words that just don't make sense to me. Back on the hovercraft on the Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Morpheus uh, is being put through torture by the agents, and they can tell that he's in pain. Tank realizes that they're going. They're trying to get the codes to the mainframes of Zion's computers. Each ship's captain knows them because there's a, a breach of Zion's defenses would mean that the last remaining vestiges of mankind would be wiped out. Uh, Tank says their only choice is to unplug Morpheus, effectively killing him. Um, back in the Matrix, the agents process their next move. If Cypher is dead... Oh, I also don't know if I mentioned this part. They know that Cypher has failed. Um, so they're thinking if Cypher's dead, that their their remaining humans on the ship must will terminate Morpheus. They decide to stick with their original plan and destroy the Sentinels. Yeah. Um, so, deploy deploy re- the Sentinels. Sorry, deploy the Sentinels. Real quick, in this conversation that he's having with Morpheus, yeah, he's he's kind of like, you know, he sends other people out and he's just having that private conversation with him. Yeah. He also like says he wants to leave the Matrix, which. Yeah is a very important detail to remember for the following movies because that is essentially agent smith's goal is to try to leave the matrix so and they just kind of gloss over it on this well i mean they didn't really gloss over he like just straight up says he wants to leave this place and so and i also go ahead 
I also heard that every time he takes off his glasses, like he does in this scene and he does uh, somewhat earlier, it's like when he's tapping into human emotions, like he has this kind of disgust with humans, like he takes off his glasses to, 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 to convey his disgust and that he wants to be, he doesn't like the stench of humans and how he feels like it's infecting him and stuff like that. And he doesn't want to be in the Matrix anymore. And he says like, once I get rid of you, the, the people who are trying to tear down the Matrix... Like, he can leave. And so, yeah, that is his, his goal. Yeah. Um, so, back in the Matrix, the agents process their next move. Is Cypher's dead? They, yeah, so they decide to deploy the Sentinels. Tank is performing uh, what amounts to the last rites for Morpheus, laying one hand on his head uh, as the other moves to the back of his skull to remove the jack just as he's about to pull it out and Neo stops him. He realizes that the Oracle was right. He now has the ch to make the choice to save himself or to save Morpheus. His choice is to head back into the Matrix. Trinity rejects the idea. Morpheus gave himself up so that Neo could be saved since he's the one. I'm not the one, Trinity says. Uh, Trinity, Neo says, um, relaying his understanding uh, of the discussion with the Oracle. Uh, she did not enlighten him, not enlighten him to... As to whether or... Okay, wait, I'm going to start this one over. I'm not the one, Trinity, Neo says, relaying his understanding of the discussion with the Oracle. She did not enlighten him as to whether he was the promised Messiah. And since Morpheus uh, was willing to sacrifice himself, Neo knows that he must do the same. Tank calls it suicide. It's a military building with agents inside. Neo says he's he only knows that he can bring Morpheus... He says he only knows that he can bring Morpheus out. Um, Trinity decides to come with him, reasoning to Neo that he will need her help, and she's the ranking officer on the ship. Tanks, she says, load us up. Um, also, uh, this uh, the, the description I'm reading says uh, he was the promised messiah. Uh, earlier on in the movie, um, the guy Choi uh, that buys the, the kind of cop, the, the pirated disc from Neo... Uh, uh -huh. sa says something to the effect of like you're my you're own, you're my own personal fucking Jesus or something like that, uh -huh. um, my own personal Jesus Christ, um, and that's another line that kind of tips the hat of like Neo is Jesus to this world. He is the savior that's going to save everybody from from the Matrix, basically. Um, yeah. So a lot of uh, Christian themes in this movie, allegories and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Could have used some more trans characters if you ask me, but that's just my personal, uh, my personal thing. Um, I, like I said, I think Switch would have been a cool character. I'm, I'm bummed that that didn't happen. Um, okay, so, uh, the, yeah, yes, okay, gotcha. In the construct, Neo and Trinity get armaments. Uh, Morpheus has yet to break, uh, and Smith and the other agents uh, ask why the serum isn't working. Maybe we're asking the wrong questions, responds one. To that, Smith commands the other agents to leave him alone with Morpheus. I guess this is where it happens. Smith removes his earphone and glasses, confides that he hates the Matrix, this zoo, this prison. Smith admits that he must get out of this reality. He hates the stench. He's sure that some elements of humans rub off on him and that Morpheus holds the key to his release. If there's no Zion, there's no need for Smith in the Matrix. You are going to tell me or you are going to die. Downstairs in the lobby, Trinity and Neo enter heavily armed. They shoot their way past the guard, and we get a fucking badass, like, it's called, uh, what's it called? Pro it's the Propeller Heads or something is the name of the the uh, 
band, but there's this like cool like electronic y like bass thing. I don't know. Um when yeah. they're shooting up the fucking lobby. Uh Trinity and Neo enter heavily armed, they shoot their way past the guard of uh a uh, shoot their way past the guards and a group of soldiers and make their way to the elevator. Agents enter the interrogation room to find Smith with his hand still fixed on Morpheus's head. Smith looks embarrassed and befuddled, and the others tell him about the attack occurring downstairs. They realize that humans are trying to save Morpheus. Um, in the elevator, Trinity arms a bomb. They both climb through the hatch uh, uh, to the elevator roof, attaching a clamp to the elevator cable. Um, Neo says there is no spoon before he severs the cable with a few shots. The counterweight drops, propelling Neo and Trinity upward. The elevator falls to the lobby, exploding upon impact and filling the floor with flames. Uh, the agents feel the rumble of the explosion and sprinklers come on in the building, find them and destroy them. Smith commands. On the roof, a helicopter pilot is uh, calling Mayday as Trinity and Neo take out the soldiers there. Agent Brown takes over the pilot and appears behind Neo. Neo shoots several rounds. Uh, at the agent who dodges them and pulls out his own weapon. Trinity yells Neo, help! But it's too late. The agent begins to shoot. Instead of uh, being shot, Neo dodges most of the bullets, though two of them nick him. As the agent approaches Neo, who is lying on the ground, he levels for a kill shot, but Trinity shoots him before he can fire. Trinity marvels at how fast Neo has just moved. She's never seen anyone move that quickly. Fucking badass when Trinity shoots the agent in the head, too. Yeah. Um, From behind, it's really cool. Um, Tank downloads the ability to fly a helicopter for Trinity. Trinity brings the helicopter down to the floor that Morpheus is on, and Neo opens up fire on three agents with like this fucking cool-ass chain minigun thing. Uh, the agents quickly fall, and Morpheus is alone in the room. Morpheus breaks his bonds and begins to run to the helicopter. The agents fire on him, hitting his leg. Morpheus leaps, but reala- Neo realizes that he's not going to make it uh, and throws himself out of the helicopter, a safety harness attached. He catches Morpheus, but Agent Smith shoots the helicopter's hydraulic lines. Unable to control the helicopter, Trinity miraculously gets it close enough to drop Morpheus and Neo on a rooftop. Neo grabs the safety line as the helicopter falls towards a building. Trinity severs the safety line connecting Neo to the helicopter and jumps out of uh, out of it herself. And uh, uh, as the vehicle smashes into the side of the building, causing a uh, really cool ripple effect, like in the building, like as all the windows burst out, it's yeah. so fucking cool. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool because, like, I watch like slow mo videos, and like, usually when they like, there's like this one YouTube channel, um, Smarter Every Day, mm-hmm. and like you like, he'll just do a slow mo video of like him launching a baseball into something, and before like the whatever object he hits with the baseball and like before it like explodes it just you just see like this ripple go across it yeah and i thought that was like really cool to for them to add that into the movie especially like at this time but i guess they would know because of science right because science you know science would say oh yeah there'd be a wave a ripple you know whatever right but just like to have not that technology to have it super slow mo. Well, yet. I think that, I think they probably did have high speed cameras in 1999. Oh yeah, but that fast? I'm sure. Were, eh, maybe, but yeah, I just thought it was like really cool for them to like include that detail because that's probably how it would happen. Probably not that fast and noticeable, but it's really cool. First yeah, high-speed camera was... Uh, 
Uh, I mean, the Mythbusters always had like high-speed cameras, and that shit's been on forever, right? Or had been yeah. on forever. Yeah, but that was well after the Matrix, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Mythbusters started in two thousand three. It's only like three years. Yeah, but well, okay, yeah, I guess if they had it like. Yeah, I guess if it was three years before the movie came out, then I guess they probably had it back then, and people yeah. would, people have seen it. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say that they've been around long enough for that. Uh, high speed camera is a device capable of capturing moving images with an exposure of less than one uh, thousandth of a second, or a frame rate in excess of two hundred fifty frames per second. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well. In 1950, Morton Sultanoff, an engineer for the U.S. Army at Aberdeen Proving Ground, invented a super high-speed camera that took frames at one millionth of a second and was fast enough to record the shockwave of a small explosion. Oh, that was, that's, since, that's since 1950. Yeah, all right. I guess I was totally wrong. <laughs> wow. I guess, in, you know, just recently they could do it in, like, HD. Maybe that's what, I don't know. In 2005, yeah, high-speed digital cameras with 4 meg megapixel resolution recording at 1,500 frames per second were replacing 35 and 70 millimeter high-speed film cameras, tracking mounts, and test ranges. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they've been around for a while. Uh, okay. Uh, but I also don't know if it would look like that. But did you say Smarter Every Day like breaks glass and it has that kind of ripple effect? No, it just well, not just not glass. I don't know if yeah. they did glass, but just like you know, just like. I think this in is mostly, general, I think this it's is mostly made, a cool, like just a cool aesthetic thing that they did. Yeah, but then like that glass is like that type of glass is kind of is really strong, so it would it, it it seems realistic that it would ripple because you have to think like birds fly head on into those things and. But there's know, no, but there's no bend to glass. That's the only thing that I think is that I think it would just sheer break. Well, it depends because we have. So uh, I don't want to say what I do for a living, but like where I work, we have like certain rooms that have that have like tax crashes, plexi. helicopters into <laughs> sides of buildings for a living, <laughs> like plexiglass and like super strong, and like just like regular glass. I've seen people like, you know, cock back and hit the glass super hard and it'll just, it shakes the wall. So yeah. like, I feel like there's glass that's strong enough and flexible enough. It's not like, you know, regular glass, but it's like a type of glass. And I imagine that's the type of glass they use on like skyscrapers and stuff. I don't know. All right. But we're going to go look it, this up afterwards for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it looked cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, Neil hauls Trinity up to him. Uh, Do you believe it now? Trinity asks Morpheus as he approaches the two. Neo tries to tell him that the Oracle told him the opposite, but Morpheus says she told you exactly what you need to hear uh they call tank who tells them of an exit in a subway near them the agents arrive on the rooftop but only to find the safety harness in line though agent smith is angered uh the other two are satisfied a trace has been completed in the real world and the sentinels have been dispatched to the attack the nebuchadnezzar uh in the subway they quickly find a phone booth and morpheus exits out of the matrix uh, uh, there's a bum, uh, guy, like homeless person hanging out in the subway. Uh, he watches, uh, uh, Morpheus disappear on the rooftop. Agent Smith locks, uh, into their whereabouts through the, the bum and appropriates his body. 
That's a weird way of saying that. Okay. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, as uh, the phone rings uh, providing Trinity's exit, she confides to Neo that everything that the Oracle has told her has come true except for one thing. She doesn't say what the thing is and picks up the phone just as she sees uh, the approaching agent Smith. Smith shatters the earpiece of the phone. It's impossible for Neo to exit there now. Instead of running, which Trinity implores him to do as she looks on from the ship, Neo turns to face Smith. They empty their guns uh, on each other, neither hitting the other. They move into the close into co- close combat, trading blows. Neo sweeps Agent Smith's head, breaking his glasses. Um, I'm going to enjoy watching you die, Mr. Anderson, says Smith. They trade some thunderous blows, with Smith hitting Neo so hard that he spits up blood in the Matrix. Uh, in the chair aboard the ship. Um, He's killing him, says Trinity. Neo gets back up, sets himself, uh, and beckons Smith to start again. This time, it's Neo who delivers the devastating blow after blow. But Smith counters, throwing Neo into a wall and then pummeling him with body blows. Smith throws Neo into the subway tracks and then drops him down there, drops down there himself. He puts Neo in a headlock, and in the glow of the oncoming subway, Neo propels them to the ceiling of the tunnel. They fall back down, and Neo backflips off the tracks, leaving Agent Smith uh, to the oncoming train. Neo heads for the stairs, but Smith has already appropriated the body, uh, another body, and emerges from the doors on the train. Meanwhile, the Sentinels have uh, arrived to attack the Nebuchadnezzar. There are five of them, and they're closing fast. Morpheus tells Tank to charge the EMP. Trinity reminds Morpheus that they can't use the EMP while Neo is in the Matrix. Uh, Morpheus says, I know Trinity, don't worry. Uh, I made them sound, I made Morpheus sound so whiny there. He says, I know Trinity, don't worry. He's going to make it. Um, back in the streets of the Matrix, Neo swipes a cell phone from a nearby business person. <laughs> uh, he calls Tank and races through the crowded market uh, while agents appropriate bodies left and right. He kicks in the door and rushes through an apartment complex where the agents appropriate more bodies, including that of a sweet old lady who throws a knife at Neo as Agent Smith. Neo leaps down uh, into a pile of garbage and the agents uh, are in hot pursuit. On the Nebuchadnezzar, the Sentinels have arrived. They begin to tear the ship, ship apart. You were going to say? Um, I was just wanted to say, I just wanted to ask a question. Yeah. Um, how weird would it be if an agent took over your body? Mm-hmm. Like you're, 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 you know, you're just shopping at this street market. Agent takes over your body. He's chasing over. He's chasing after Neo, and then he switches to another body, and then <laughs> you just come to conscious, come conscious, and you're just like. What the fuck just happened? Like, like, like when I saw the movie, when I, when I was watching this movie and then like just them switching from body, all these, you know, these three agents just switching from this person to this person and this person, to this person, like, I was like, maybe this is what happens when like people just kind of black out and they don't know. They just like, they just lose, like (laughs) lose, like, an hour out of their time, maybe like an agent took over their body and they just freaking used their body. And then when they were done with it and they need to switch to a different one, just left you wherever, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, somebody flat out got hit by a fucking train. So. Yeah. So, and, then how, and how terrible would that be? Like, if you're just like, you're, you're like at work, let's say you work in an office building and an agent takes over your body and then the agent gets killed and then your family hears how you got killed and they're just like, yeah, so we found your husband. He, he was shot 45 times uh, down at the pier. It's like, 
the pier. What the what fuck pier? happened? We live in Arkansas. We live in Arkansas. What pier? <laughs> like, how did he get all the way? You know, it's just like, yeah, how, yeah, just weird. I mean, that's probably how they amuse themselves. It's just grabbing random people and getting them into weird situations and that would let, be really them, let them deal with the fallout. Um, I you mean, know, they're basically just possessing people. <laughs> if I was Cypher, I was like, put me in. But I want to be an agent. <laughs> yeah, let me hop body to body and fucking. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, uh, in the Matrix, Neo arrives back at the heart of the city hotel, which is actually the hotel from the beginning that Trinity was in. Uh, Tank tells him to go to room three hundred three, the room that uh, Trinity was in the, at the beginning of the movie. The agents are literally at his heels. It's fucking whoever wrote this synopsis, but literally at his heels. They they were literally at his heels. They were on his heels. Like physically on his heels. Okay. Right, on. Yeah. Yeah. The Sentinels like breached the hull of the he ship. He was so mad because when the agents like stepped on his shoe and it kind of came off. And, flat yeah. tires the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Sentinels breached the hull of the ship. They're inside. Trinity's standing next to Neo's body in the chair. Begged him to hurry. Neo reaches room 303 and enters. He's immediately shot point blank in the gut by Agent Smith. Smith empties the magazine into Neo's body. Neo slumps to the floor dead. And we get credits. The end. Yeah, great movie. Like I said, uh, ten out of ten. Um, Can't wait I don't to see this, episode this two. <laughs> I don't know how this happens, but was... <laughs> on the ship, Neo's vital signs drop to nothing. It can't be, says Morpheus. Agent Smith instructs the others to check Neo. He's gone. One replies, "Goodbye, Mister Anderson." Says Mister Smith. Um, the Sentinels' lasers are beginning to cut through the major parts of the hovercraft. Trinity leans over his dead body. Neo, she says, I'm not afraid anymore. The Oracle told me that I would fall in love and that the man, the man that I loved, would be the, the one. So you see, you can't be dead. You can't be because I love you. You hear me? I love you. She kisses him in the chair. Neo suddenly breathes in the Matrix. Neo opens his eyes. Now get up, orders Trinity. This was not set up at all. Was not set. it's set up that she has a crush on him that she's following yeah they never have a moment before this they never have anything to imply that they are together all of a sudden she's in love with him and that means that he can't die because he's the one and she loves him and it's like okay yeah. this was this was, was forced yeah time i wonder if there was like you know cut scenes where like you know they have more extended conversations where they like kind of flirt on the ship or something like that. Yeah. But no, it's just straight up. I was stalking you and now I'm in love with you. Please don't die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was kind of like she fell in love with like a, it's more like she fell in love with like a, a TV character or something like that. Really? Yeah. And then like, she got to meet the actor. Yeah. Like, I love you. You know? Yeah, we're meant to be together. The Oracle told me so. Um, yeah, well, and then this also fulfills the Oracle's uh, prophecy to Neo that uh, he or Morpheus will die. Uh, in yep. one hand, you'll have your your life, and in the other hand, uh, Morpheus is one of you will die. Uh, technically, he does die. Um, the agents hear Neo uh, rise behind them, and they open fire. No, Neo says calmly, raising his hands. He stops their bullets in midair. They drop harmlessly to the floor. What's happening? Asked Tank. He's the one, says Morpheus. Back in the Matrix, Neo can see uh, things for what they really are. Green cascading code. Agent Smith is furious. He runs uh, to Neo and attacks him. Neo blocks Smith's blows effortlessly before sending him flying. 
with one well-placed kick. Neo then leaps into Smith's body and disintegrates him. Agent Brown and Jones look one uh, look at one another and run away. The Sentinels are now fully into the ship. They are right above Trinity and Morpheus back in the Matrix. Neo sprints to the ringing phone in the room. Morpheus has no choice but to engage the MP. He does, and the Sentinels fall inert on the ground. Neo's made it back. He kisses Trinity. Then... Uh, I think we see a black screen here, and we get the voiceover from Neo. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders and boundaries, a world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. And then fucking bam, down, and fucking the Rage Against the Machine song that's super cool called Wake Up. It's so tight. The song's amazing. Uh, plays and in the Matrix, we see Neo hang up the phone, put on his glasses. He looks up from high above the city. We take him, we see him take flight. Yeah. Uh, Goofy flight form should have did the uh, the fist. You think so? Gone full Superman? <laughs> yeah, should have gone full Superman. Especially, like, <sighs> come on, this dude was you know he was a freaking computer nerd, right? He had to have loved superheroes and stuff like that. Yeah, come on, if you can fly, you're doing the superhero. You're doing the Superman pose when you're flying yeah. in this guy. Come on, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, it's like he's never seen a Superman movie before. This guy. Um, yeah, dude, that movie's fucking tight. I think yeah, it's awesome. Really and I'm gonna go listen to Rage Against the Machine, but... And I'm still taking the blue pill. You cannot change my mind. I don't think so. I'm taking the green no. one. I'm taking the green yeah. one, for sure. So, Just because so I like it. I, I like it. I like, uh, I like a little bit of anarchy, so, you know. I'm gonna grab that red <laughs> pill and that blue pill and see what happens. Yeah. I, hey, you know what? Go for it. You never know. Yeah. Maybe that's um, how you get superpowers, you know? You stay you, you, stay blue-pilled, but you get all the red pill powers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking at, like, you know, it, what a majority of this trivia section is just so-and-so was turned down the role. Certain so-and-so wanted, you know. Russell Crowe turned down the role of Morpheus. He said, I just don't get it. I couldn't get past page 42. The world was just not interesting to me. Okay. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Wow. Uh, uh, you and McGregor. You and McGregor. Uh, no. Gladiator was. Gladiator was midnight. Gladiator was 2000. Yeah, it was pretty Gladiator. Um, You and McGregor turned on the role of Neo as he was filming Star Wars Episode One. You know, the better film. Um, uh, uh, We've read that like uh, Will Smith was considered for Neo. Um, Sean Connery was uh, was offered the role of the architect in the sequels, not that of Morpheus, despite the rumors. Um, I just was looking at this list. There's like a whole bunch of people that were considered for the roles. And I don't know how much of this is true, but uh, David Schwimmer was a front runner for the role of Neo. That, oh, Nicola, that Nicolas, <laughs> Nicolas Cage turned down Neo for due to scheduling conflicts. Mark Wahlberg was considered for the role of Neo. Uh, yeah. It's wow, uh, they were really desperate. <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, I mean, did nobody want to be in this? And all the names that they said, all the names that you said just now, they were like big names at the time. So it's just like, yeah, because I mean, before you know, I mean, other than Speed, like what big blockbuster movie was 
Keanu Reeves in at the time, like around this time. Yeah, just like Point Break and Speed and uh, uh, like he had done some stuff, right? I mean, yeah, but nothing like huge, huge, right? around this time i mean like like before this movie like right before yeah before this movie he did uh well he did bill and ted's excellent adventure which was i think a big movie yeah i mean what year did that come out that came, yeah, out, that... That came, that came out in 89. Wow. Yeah. He did Point Break in 91. He did another Bill and Ted's. He did a Bill and Ted's TV show in 90. He did Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey in 91. He did Dracula, which was a huge movie. Well, like, not a huge movie. It didn't do well, but it was a... Uh, this was... Um, had uh, Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, and it was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, man, Keanu Reeves was a star at this point. Yeah, he did. Hmm. Uh, uh, he did Speed in '94. He did Johnny Mnemonic in '95. He did The Devil's Advocate in '97, and then he does The Matrix in '99. So yeah, like he was a big deal in '99. He wasn't like he wasn't a list actor though. Yeah, yeah, he was. Did you see all the fucking movies I just said? Oh, oh, and I'm I like did. cherry. I'm cherry picking. I'm cherry picking. No, he was. He was a big deal. I don't, yeah. know. I don't think it was a big deal. This is the height of Keanu Reeves' fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was a big deal. It was definitely A-list. <laughs> you keep saying A- I don't, I, No, I'm thinking B-list at no! most. No! Stop it. We're, okay, <laughs> I'll see you next week. We're doing it. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ending right, recording. All right, Matrix episode two. Next oh, week. yeah, Bye. next week.